I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Look, maybe the AFC North is not going to be... The elite division that some had been forecasting. But you know what else? Don't ever forecast anything related to this division. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning and game day. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates, same spot that you found this. Steelers versus Browns tonight. At Akershire Stadium, it's an 8-15 kickoff. And the official betting line on this is, well, don't, okay? Because it's AFC North ball. Did you happen to catch any of the Ravens-Bengals game yesterday? Did you happen to see Baltimore and Cincinnati scrap it out? Did you happen to see Lamar Jackson, who has proven himself to have an AFC North pedigree, improve his personal record against the Bengals to 6-1? and one. Did you happen to see Joe Burrow lose again to the Ravens, struggle again as he did in week one? The Ravens are 2-0 and oh, despite missing a bunch of key guys because they're always missing a bunch of key guys because John Harbaugh works his players in practice to death. Whereas the Bengals are 0-2. Do you really think that either of those records, those trajectories, will continue? No. No. Of course not. Neither one. And in turn, do you really think you have a good grip on what's going to happen tonight? I mean, we can analyze it. and I'm happy to do that. It's kind of what I do for a living. We can get into the individual matchups and how how important it is to stop Miles Garrett on one side of the ball, Nick Chubb on the other side of the ball. Who's going to take care of David Njoku? Nobody talks about Njoku until he puts up 120 receiving yards on you. Who matches up on this defense with that guy? We could do that, but it's still AFC North ball at the end of the day. And if that sounds just like a random, hollow cliche to you, it just tells me you haven't been paying attention. Because the way that game yesterday in Cincinnati went is how these things go, separated by three points. Anybody's game until the very end. And above all, the one trait that characterizes these competitions is the nastiness, is the physicality. It's guys getting hurt. It's a lot of flags. It's a lot of barking between the whistles. It's pushing and shoving. It's legitimately not liking the people on the other side of the ball. Remember Minka Fitzpatrick in Cincinnati last year in the opener? 
a human wrecking crew, one man wrecking crew. He was devastating. After the game, he's sitting there at his stall, almost shivering like he should still be out there killing somebody. And when he's asked why, he just acknowledges what everybody in that room already knew, which is he doesn't like those guys. It's different. It comes with a different tint the entire event. So while I'm not going to, you know, run or hide from the stuff that the Steelers actually need to put into play tonight, Kenny's, Kenny Pickett needs to throw the ball straight. Najee Harris needs to at least be Chubb's equal. I believe that as a first-round pick. Pat Fryermuth, presuming he's healthy enough, needs to make catches happen across the middle of the field. Dan Moore needs to be a heck of a lot better than he was last week. Broderick Jones needs to show well in what's probably going to be his NFL starting debut. And the entire defense, even the OLBs, even the edge rushers, because they've been talking about it all week too, need to shut down Chubb and Njoku. But all of this is going to have to come within a context of AFC North level, brutal physicality. You know, the kind that the 49ers administered to the Steelers that had them limping around the locker room for eight days. I asked Isaiah Loudermilk, who's going to be one of those guys tasked with replacing Cam Hayward on that defensive line where you're going to see a lot of rotating tonight. I asked him how important it was to have that upper hand with physicality. Extremely important, especially coming up this next game. Um, you know, our, our goal is to be physical and put our hands on people because um, that's what's going to stop the run game. Um, and especially having to show in how we had last weekend, uh, kind of getting ran all over. Um, it, it, it's huge for us to come out and make sure that we're, we're the ones setting the tone, being physical. It's not like you have to worry about getting up for who the opponent is. I don't even just mean Cleveland. I'm talking about Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's the type of guy, if, if, if there's any... Any hole, you know, anyone kind of lacking a little bit, he'll make sure that he finds it. And you see on tape, anytime there's, you know, even the smallest hole, um, you know, it's gone, you know, 10, 20 yards sometimes to the house. So it's extremely important for us to be detailed in everything we do. And that's, you know, a a lot of it starts up front uh, with the D-line, making sure we're controlling the line. See, I liked everything about that answer, including the open and ready acknowledgement that the opposite happened to the Steelers last week. What you can't do after something like that is pretend it didn't happen. You just can't. You won't get any better the following week, not in any way. You add on to everything else that ticked you off about that first game, everything else that embarrassed you, whether individually, whether as a positional room, whether as an entire football team, because there was plenty of all of that. And you get angry and you go out there and you see those orange helmets and you see somebody over there that you really genuinely don't like. You see and sense how awful it would be to start out 0-2, both of those games at home, and you find somebody to take it out on. 
Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Today's J1Q comes from Cole, who asks, DK, there needs to be a number one option for this offense, right? Whether it's Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, somebody needs to step up and become that number one option that teams key on, because right now teams aren't keying on anyone. Who can you see stepping up as the alpha of this offense? I know who has to step up whether he becomes an alpha or a beta or whatever, is Kenny Pickett. Everything that we're talking about, including every syllable of the opening segment, goes right out the window if Kenny can't throw the ball straight again this week. That's not to be mean. That's not to say that there weren't other things that went wrong with the offense. That's not to say that you know Matt Canada couldn't have scripted better plays, blah, blah, blah. But everything falls apart when your quarterback can't throw the ball straight. Everything. There's nowhere to go if that isn't happening. You can try to tough it out some other way, but that's a giant screaming L from the word go. Now, I'm going to presume since you mentioned some wide receivers there that you're looking for an alpha to replace Deontay Johnson. And Look, I want to see George Pickens get double-digit targets for the first time in his NFL career. I think that's a pretty fair stance to take. He's 18 games in. He's never been targeted more than eight times. I'm not talking about catches. I'm just talking about being targeted. You've got to see double-digit targets for George. You've got to see Allen Robinson more involved in the offense. You've got to see Calvin Austin get more involved in the offense. You've got to see, as I mentioned earlier, Fryermuth being healthy. I am nowhere near convinced that he is. you got to see Darnell Johnson getting targeted even just once. Did you know that he was the only receiver slash running back slash tight end who wasn't targeted all last week? He was open on most of his 16 pass routes that he took. But when you're talking about alpha, how do I say this without offending all of Najee's many fans? He's got to be it. In this game, 
He's got to be it. Because you're going to have to achieve two things tactically to win this game. One is time of possession. That comes how? Through the running game. That applies double when you don't have your number one possession receiver. You're going to have to find a way to move the ball forward on the ground. He's got to be able to do that. He's got an offensive line now. The All of the excuses, not that he ever made any, but all of the excuses that anyone would have made are gone. He's got to come through with a 100-yard performance. And Jalen Warren's got to be productive, too. If Najee gets 100, there's no excuse for Jalen not to be in the 50 to 60 range. There just isn't. You've got to see a real ground game tonight. I cannot state that forcefully enough. That's your alpha. That's got to be your alpha. Najee's a first-round pick. They don't have too many first-round running backs. If the Steelers hadn't taken Najee, someone else would have. So I don't want to hear that thing about how you always overdraft a running back in the first round. Someone would have taken him. Because there were, in fact, other running backs taken after him in that round. Well, nobody anywhere drafts any running back to be the second best back on the field on any given day. Nick Chubb's the best, okay? He's the very best at his position in the NFL. So it might feel unfair to say Najee should be as good as Chubb because he's not as good as Chubb. But you sure shouldn't be walking out there thinking, man, our guy's nowhere near that other guy. So there's your alpha. That's your ultimate alpha. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And we're going to have another one of these tomorrow morning after that little game tonight. <laughs>